0: Hello and welcome to another episode of our show. Reminder that we are on Patreon and our blog is set up, probablywrong.ca. Today's guest is Timmy Tamian. He is a musician based out of Finland that is actually now living in London. And he's here today to share with us uh, his, his endeavors, his journey in, in his own understanding and in creating a musical sound that is completely unique and just a wonderful collaboration of so many sounds across cultures and genres. And uh, it really is something that 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 one needs to experience to understand. It was a pleasure having him on and uh, let us know what you think. We're on Instagram as well. And we love hearing feedback from you. So enjoy the episode. And please have a wonderful day. Uncut, uncensored, and unfiltered. This is an open mind, and you're listening to "I'm Probably Wrong About Everything." All right, we got Timmy Tamminen with us. Welcome
1: uh, to my podcast, Robert.
0: Thank you, thank you, <laughs> Matt. I, I gotta say uh we we might as well start off with how we even met each other like yeah this just goes to show the beauty of the world that we're living in yeah so how do we meet
1: i went on a comment section i have a very bad habit and an addiction of going to random comments on instagram and reading what everyone thinks and it's a gift and a curse because i know how everyone thinks and yeah that's that's also a curse so i found you there in a political post uh and we agreed on something and <laughs> and uh then it was like maybe I said something, you agreed with me and then you sent me a DM I like the way you think and we just started chatting and it was very effortless and natural and give it two days uh and here we sit on a podcast, you know
0: <laughs> I mean is, isn't that crazy man like that's it is I I truly believe that we're living in one of like equal measures, the greatest times, but also kind of the scariest yeah. of times.
1: Yeah, like honestly, I am very happy we live in this time. Like people are mm-hmm. always like, I wish I could go back to, to the previous times. Nah, you know, like yeah. I'm very happy about being in this moment. I would love to change uh, circumstance, like situations, you know, Uh, but like the opportunities that we have right now, no one's ever had this before. And, you know, in music business as well, uh, we kind of look at, like, all the indie bands, you know, like a lot of people have kind of nostalgia. I used to be very nostalgic about the the golden 90s and how rock was kind of the big thing. But then when you really look at the music business, sure, you had your Nirvanas and things like that, and same with hip-hop, but how many people actually got screwed over? Mm. How many people actually never made it, you know, like those were really kind of like the lottery tickets uh, and kind of like the, the most genius picks you could find basically who also had commercial appeal on top, you know, and it's, that's why right now we have so much more opportunities and we can actually connect with people, you know,
0: and that's the, that's the beauty of this moment. It's, it's, it's almost like, I know there's, you know, there's so much talk about the algorithms and things like that, but truly there is such nuanced I guess cultures or whatever specifications of what's available like before like you're saying it was like Nirvana that's kind of the only choice and then if you wanted to go deeper you might find Pearl Jam or something you know what yeah. I mean but it was limited and now with the internet anything is available and you just kind of have to you have to look for that niche yes and and, and I guess know. it's it's a double edged sword in the sense that uh, uh because there's so many choices it will never like like what really becomes big. And and I was talking to uh, a podcast, African Retooled, and they talked about how the earth is flat now. Like mm. not in the sense of, of uh you know flat physically flat. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, they're not flat earthers, but not not physically, but in terms of financially, like there's yeah. more opportunities and it's going more and more. We see yeah. it like right now as we
1: speak, they're still I think they just had like the second wave of the whole Gamergate thing and it's still going on. And yes, that's a great example of it, you know. Is that I like, mean, are
0: you talking about it, the GameStop thing?
1: Yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I'm oh, no, no
0: problem. Yeah. Again. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're revealing that, you know, uh, th- there needs to be a serious decentralization of the way that things are. I, but it's naturally happening. Like, this is almost, again, that's- equal parts you know, great, equal parts kind of terrifying because we're it going is. to almost a natural, you know, socialism or something. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And
1: really what it is, when you really brought it down, I was just thinking about this in the shower like two days ago. Like, you see this everywhere in nature. I was thinking about how like like empires kind of, like you have the Roman Empire. Yes. And at one point, it's like the mightiest thing of all time. And it's and zenith. Then, yeah. In the future, it just crumbles. We are seeing it right now, sadly, With well, sadly and, and gladly with America. You know, it's a double-edged sword. Uh, and we are seeing a new rising empire, which is, for example, China. But mm-hmm. on top of that, also, we have these mini empires, which are like these kind of power centrums, which are, for example, in music business, you have these old, almost like, what, what would I call it, almost like dynasties, you know, like of people who hold power in the music business, both businessmen and music musicians, you know, who kind of have the fame. And you just see like these mini empires as time goes by, they kind of go up and crumble. And the very few are able to like consistently stay up there. And the ones who are, they're the ones who evolve. Just like you yes. think about animals, yeah. animals, like us human beings, the way we have evolved, you know? We haven't always been like this. Uh, it's the same way with everything. Like when you really start boiling everything down, even like this culture thing, everything, it's all like nature. Like everything has the same weird dynamic in history. And it's mm. its very wild when you start like looking into it.
0: Well, it, it, and, and to your point, what you're saying about, you know, nature and evolution, mm. um, like I love heavy metal, but... Well, the, the the heavy metal that I'm starting to hear, it's like, it's almost like it's lost its identity yeah. in the sense of like, like there's this band, you know, and I don't mean to be talking trash about of, of yeah, yeah. An, an incredibly accomplished band, but Slipknot, I used to love their old stuff. Yeah, but their new album, I was like, what, like, I, I, as a consumer, I as, a, as a listener, I'm like, what are you trying to say? Because it's very unclear. I and, agree it doesn't have lasting power or even the new tool album i was yeah. like okay this is kind of cool but like yeah i'm a tool su- super fan and i yeah. think the
1: i think the, the new album it's great it's got some amazing moments mm. but but when you think of like tool as a band with impact yeah. i think it's still very impressive what they pulled off yes. and in fact i think what they pulled it, pulled off is kind of almost historic for a band who is so anti-commercial so yes shout out to them but what i'm trying to say i I think slipknot is actually a better example is uh all the love to slipknot because i really love them Mm. but you can really tell when things move forward new things emerge and like they kind of perfected the metal at the time like when you when you go when you go back to like iowa for example you know it's still heavy. It's still it's still like one of the heaviest kind of mainstream albums you can find and it doesn't sound dated. It sounds timeless. Uh, but it's like, how extreme can you go? It's right. like, you know, like, that's the thing, especially like when you create a brand around an extreme and it's the same with like 80s metal. How fast can you play the guitar? Yeah. How high notes can you hit? And like, how many times can you speak about like the women and the, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. eventually it, it gets stale. Like someone tops it, and then it lo- It's kind of like magic. Like you, yeah. you have seen it so many times that you kind of, you're like, like this.
0: You know, even even to your point uh, is like you know, you reach a certain success that it's like no one understands me. You know, and it's like yeah. well, it's it actually has lost yeah. that message has lost its value because. You, you know because of your success unfortunately right but when you're like like kind of like when you're underground or whatever when you're just starting out right, right. And, and and obviously we all have to make a living right so you know this yeah. is rich coming from me I haven't made a living off of this yet absolutely so you know when that let's have that conversation when that happens and see where I yeah. am at right I mean like I say rich coming from me but when you're just starting out that message is not disconnected of no one understands me. It's very well connected because nobody understands you. That's but then true. as you become incredibly, you know, uh uh successful and celebrated, mm. that message actually I think it changes because it's gone from, it... you know, nobody understands me to like fuck man has anybody ever understood me, right? Yeah. Like Robin Williams even said the worst thing and he was obviously highly successful is mm. to be in a room full of people and feel alone. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And I think that's why, you know, connections like ours, it's like, it's so real, right? Because we're not necessarily yeah. playing the game that's been historically played of, you know, celebrity, right? And I yeah. think that this is the new kind of precedent.
1: I agree. And still, like, for me, and I talk about this in some of my lyrics, I like to be very honest about who I am. I, you know, I'm after fame. I, I don't hide yes. that. Like, I'm after fame. No. But I'm, not, I'm not for fame for, like the reason of like now i'm famous that's it no i want fame because i understand power and when you're famous people listen to you more and you're able to make more change you know uh so it's more about like opening up rooms and being you know or like opening doors and getting into rooms that's how i think of it and leaving your your mark in the history but i agree with with your point about that like no one understands me thing uh and how when you look at some artists they are able to remain more relevant over time because that's not their only thing for example let's use Kanye West as an example he started out as a guy who was always very megalomaniacal Mm. and very like he never tried to be like I'm I don't care about success if Mm. you were one of these guys for example uh Another rapper, Tyler the Creator. I feel like he, for a while, had a bit of a problem with his fans because he started out as this like, uh, you know, like a rebel character. Yes. And then all of a sudden he is, and logic is another great example. All of a sudden, like both of them are very successful. and it's hard not to talk about your success when you finally make it. Like you're like, I can finally talk about it, but but the audience don't necessarily connect with that. They came to you because, you were about something else. Whereas someone like Kanye West from the start was like, he always had these CEO aspirations and he was always like, kind of like thinking big and I'm going to show it and I'm going to buy my, you know, like buy right. mama a house. So, you know, like, but he's always, he's remained still very creatively relevant. So, you know, like he still creates amazing music and the brand hasn't really changed. So the people... Uh, who are with him? Some people are like, "I miss the old Kanye," but it's you know he's still the kind of the same guy. He's just got more money, and now he can be wilder. And he's probably got kind of the wrong people around him at times, who allow some of the worst aspect, yes. aspects of his personality. Because we all have them. Let's face it. I have them. You know, everybody does. Uh, that's our ego. That's the ego, exactly. Yeah. And like, that's why I'm thinking, like, uh, regarding ego, for example. It's a very dangerous thing. It's the number one enemy of creation, but it's also it can be a friend because like for I look at a great example is Axel Rose from Guns N' Roses. He's the perfect example to me of like over overblown rock ego, which created some amazing things. Right. At, at its worst, it was like when they released Appetite for Destruction, the debut album for Guns N' Roses, it's more of a more of a band album, you know? everybody's mm. kind of got like an equal voice but after that on use your illusion part one and two you can tell who is the band leader it's Axel right. Road. it's kind of like an Axel show and that's how it was that was the dynamic now I love it because it was like it was almost like a circus act so it was crazy you know and I love that but like you can tell the dynamic has shifted and the albums are very kind of bloated so mm. for example if there was like a Rick Rubin type of a guy who is known to be kind of like this wall of sound. Ego. Yeah, like everybody take the ego off and think about the art. If they had that type of guy in the room who could have reigned in uh, Axel, some of the worst impulses, I think we could have had like one album that is one of the greatest rock albums ever. Now, I love Use Your Illusions. Don't get me wrong. I love them. Uh, but they are definitely kind of like an acquired taste in the sense that they're very long very, you know, like filled with material. Uh, but if you had less of ego, like basically the ego created a lot of that stuff. But the problem is that at some point, you need to learn to detach the ego at the final process, when you start thinking about the art product, and I feel like a lot of the previous artists didn't necessarily understand this, but you can not really blame them either, because this whole like music thing, it's like popular
0: music is, it's a relatively new thing. Isn't can, it? I mean, can anyone, can anyone sustain creative success? That's the thing. Right. No. Because, because a good artist, I mean, like, I don't know about you, but there's the artist. So the creator, and then there's the audience, right? Because yeah. typically when we create something, it's a message that we're making for an audience, right? Which is why the internet's so amazing because there's so many, you know, nuanced audiences that can access yep. this. But it's the balance, that fulcrum of the artist and the audience. Because, for example, this, the show that I do, mm. I mean, I can kind of, I can draw on, right? Like, I have a ama- like, I thoroughly enjoy these conversations. But people say, oh, well, you lose their attention after 40 minutes. And it's like, okay, but do I want to create something for them at my own sort of uh, uh, detriment Or, like, it's that, again, it's that balance. So how how do you balance that?
1: I love that. Uh, That's a great question. And I feel like for the longest time, I kind of battled with it. And I've still been battling with it because if you look at my discography right now, it goes like this. 2018, I released my first album that was self-produced. That was one album. The next year, I released a lot of songs where I was kind of like trying new things. I removed some of them. I made a new collection out of them, which was like the songs out of that year. Later that year, I released another album. Then comes 2020. Something something clicks in my head. Right. I'm like, I've got all these different routes and directions where I want to go. I want to be And I have always talked about this and this is still my vision and it will never go away. At the same time, I want to be the biggest pop star there could be. I love people like George Michael. I love that soft pop. Like Mm. I don't hide it. I want to sing love songs to women, you know, and things like that. But on the other hand, I want to be able to do crazy things, you know, and like wacky concept albums, heavy shit, tool shit. And I was like, For the longest time, I was like, how can I do this? There has to be a way of doing this. So something clicked inside of my head last year. (laughs) And I started out with one album with my friend Wes. Uh, We made this hip hop project. Then I was like, I got to do another one. And I just started doing it. And I was like, the album became like this thing where there's like moments of pure pop and just like moments of like, kind of like everything. Then I was like, all of a sudden I had, again, another album idea. I was like, am I going crazy? I made that. All of a sudden. Or maybe you're summer.
0: going free, right?
1: That's Who knows? But like, then it's summer. I released three albums at this point. Now this album was another one that I really wanted to make, which was, uh, it's called Vices. And it's kind of like this uh, combination of, of, of. 90s R&B influence Mm -hmm. combined with very alternative darkness and guitars and like very tool type melodies and things like that. Uh, Now, at this point, I start going a bit mental. So all of a sudden three albums turns to five. Five turns to eight. And at the end of the year, I had this deadline like okay, I will allow myself to write as much music as I will ever want to do write out your craziest ideas don't limit yourself just write whatever you want to write and then once the year changes it's like bang stop for a second uh and i was able to pull it off it was one of the most one of the most grueling process of of my lifetime like i really i still got like papers there on the wall so i could show (laughs) that Uh, I had like, I had like lists of the albums yes. and I was really like a scientist, like marking different yeah. things, and like BPMs and tempos and like drawing arrows, like a track list is like this. And uh, I was able to finish it like in, in like three days before the deadline, before the year changed to 2021. Uh, and I was so like now I really understand what like a real burnout feels like I was able to luckily I was able to avoid that but now like I was so emotionally
0: done for a second Mm. because I was like you had you had literally expelled yourself
1: yeah so let's let's put it like this up until this point I think I had been this very locked kind of guy with almost like a very OCD-ish personality uh But at that point, I just started kind of like just writing everything out and being like, Timmy, show your ugly side, show your beautiful side, show your vulnerability, everything. And I started writing those things out. And once they had come out, I was so exhausted that I felt like I had transformed finally into who I am now, who is me. So I had kind of let myself finally free from the shackles of myself. Dude. It's Timmy, crazy. man. That's, un- you know what, man? Like it's crazy. So and like uh, I was fucking crying when, when I listened to my, uh, when I listened to my albums, I was crying because I was like, these lyrics are so real. Like, yes, I really mean this. Like, you know, like I was able to, to put my different personalities and characters there. And I feel like, especially towards more of like the end of the year, uh, there's songs where I really get into like my personal self without
0: censoring myself for anyone mm. or like anything like that. Uh, it's completely vulnerable, right? Like yeah. go ahead. You, like what's the worst that you could do? You could kill me, you know?
1: That's that's my attitude right, right. now. You know, I'm ready to die for this. Like, but like that's you have to be for, for the art. I think I think to reach greatness, you have yes. to be ready to give away a lot. And I gave everything away, like seriously. I gave my whole youth away for this thing because uh, I lived in Finland before I moved to the UK. Uh, and it's a very long story. I I have two albums called Side A and Side B where I kind of go through my life story. And I talk about these things kind of like, uh, kind of like in you know, a minimized short, short story format. But I basically talk about how I go from like this very lonely child... I had a very lonely childhood. Uh, I didn't have any friends as a kid, other than my cousin. But then my cousin stopped being my friend as well uh, because he found a girl <laughs> uh, at the age of like eight or something. So I was, I was like the weirdest guy in the room. The, t- the teacher would always tell the other kids like, uh, Timmy is just kind of different. I think she taught or she thought I was gay or something, uh, but that wasn't the case. I was just I was just very weird, you know, like, Mm. I just wasn't able to make friends. And when I tried to make friends, I was like very hyperactive as a child, like incredibly hyperactive. Uh, I I can uh, resonate with that. Yeah. You know, teachers had a very hard time limiting me, you know, like, and and like, uh, that was, it was very hard for me. And I feel like as a result of that, I learned to kind of like, I had to like learn to ground myself. And i learned i went from being incapable of making friends and being like the biggest doormat in the world to all of a sudden i learned the power of humor and all of a sudden i became like i learned to be very charismatic and like being able to make friends in an instant and i don't know what it was but like it it clicked in one summer i was able to like all of a sudden make friends with everyone but this kind of blinded me in a way because I started being friends with everybody. I hung out with kind of like uh, the popular types of kids, but then also I hung out with like the rebel types of kids. And uh, I started like really getting blinded by sexuality. So I was like, like, you know, like when, when you can not get anyone, like you're very undesirable and all of a sudden, you realize like how to like for example hit on women or like things yeah. like that and
0: start, you equate that with your worth right oh because i can exact there you go yeah. exactly and the
1: group worth as well so i for for a brief period of time i started getting like very blinded by this like i started like like for me my worth for a while became like i just need to like almost like a pickup artist type thing like i just want to mm. i just want to like charm women and things like that and I started getting, it started getting like very wild. I was also hanging out hanging out around like friends, very different types of friends. One of my friends who I'm no longer friends with, he was a straight up sociopath and using me and like abusing women that I didn't know about at the time. But then I was also around like a lot of like people who, uh, we lived like a very fast like drug lifestyle. Yep. And I was kind of like this weird. You think it's fun,
0: but then when you step outside, you're like, what the fuck was I doing?
1: Exactly. And it started getting so out of control, especially for me and my personality. Like, I was truly lost. Like, I was just crying myself to sleep every day and, like, driving around in my car, just like crying every day. And I don't know. I didn't know why. I just had, like, this weird,
0: weird, horrible feeling. But then I was like, you and me, you and me feel deeply right? Because I can resonate with this. I yeah. was blinded by, you know, alcohol and like I hardly drink anymore. You know, I, I, I thank the powers that may be that got me away from that. I still drink That's beer because I fucking love it. But yeah. you know, I, I'm not blinded by it. I'm not trying yeah. to mask it. But because you and I feel deeply. I mean, clearly, I can tell you and I feel deeply. That's how we're able to create things or to yes. have conversations or whatever to speak freely, because we can feel a lot of people yeah. aren't necessarily able to feel. And that's why with your music, you know, and sorry not to interrupt you, but I can feel it, right? Because I could be quite insular. Like it's like I need to experience this. Like if I'm around other people. I don't know if you've ever seen a, a movie by yourself in a the theater. That's the best way to see a movie, mm-hmm. right? Because you're not like, whoa shit, yeah. did you see that? You're just yeah. like, whoa, I get to experience this. I get yeah. to cry if I want. Exactly. I don't care. Right. I, I'm gonna leave this this movie theater and you know I'm not gonna have to carry this experience. Exactly. Very small example, but I'm just saying like true art, when you experience it by yourself, that's where you can get a sense of awakening versus versus there being that sort of contamination effect from the person you're experiencing it with.
1: Yeah So, so for me then uh, I moved to the UK with two of my friends. And when I moved here, I woke up, like all of a sudden this spell was broken. I was like, all this time, I've been trying to impress all of my like, all my friends and being like in this spell of groupthink and going absolutely crazy, absolutely ham. Like I have so many crazy stories. But the one thing I'm very happy about is that I never got to the point where I I would hurt anyone, but like, I've, I honestly like and I'm very honest about this so that I can maybe wake some people up is that had I been in this small town that I lived in for maybe like a couple of years longer, I would have done something dumb. I would right. have I would have maybe had sex with someone I shouldn't have sex with, because, uh, for example, I like talking about this because there's a very predatory culture where I come from uh, in a small town. And I think this is a very small town thing, but like masculine predatory. it basically, there's like the, you know, like groups of guys, everyone's trying to impress each other. Uh, and because there's so few people, uh, all the guys are kind of going after the same women. And most of the women are kind of like, they either move away from the town once they're old enough or alternatively, they're going to find someone and you know settle down right. so there's a lot of this predatory culture where like women are being used and like seen as like trophies and also mm. like borderline flirting with you know underage sex and things like that and i saw like a lot of guys who were just doing this and it was like it was so normalized to me that when i moved to the uk and i i just talked about casually to to this one guy who was my friend here uh I talked to him casually about like how it is in my town, like how these guys do this type of thing. And he was like shocked. And that really woke me up to the fact that like it really is like conditioning, like uh, like this whole like it's like a misogyny culture. Like, yes, you kind of grow up with these things normalized and you never see like you, you don't know better, you know, like you see this thing. And you kind of watch it from the sidelines and laugh at it. It's like this. It's like this culture. Like they call it the rape culture, and I really believe right. it's real, because it's like, it, it's this thing where you have kind of like the predators, and then you have a lot of the enablers. And I was definitely one of the enablers, or would be enablers if I had been there for much longer. Right. Kind of laughing, and who knows? I could have been, in, you know, involved in that type of thing in the future as well. So I'm very happy. That I was able to break away from the shackles of like that small town, uh, like idiot child group think mm. bullshit. And like now when I now when I live here, I had to spend a lot of years very alone in the UK. And it's been very soul crushing because I, I haven't really had many friends here, apart mm. from my roommates. And right now I live with some amazing people. So I'm very lucky with that. And without them, I don't know where I would be. Uh, But when I moved here and I was actually spending time with people who wanted the best for me Mm. and who were just well-intentioned and I could just be myself around them. And there was no impressing anyone no like that masculine group thing shit where you try to impress other guys and you know i'm gonna i'm gonna pull this girl and you know like let's fight with these guys and you know like things like that i i feel i'm a totally different person like it's like to me it's crazy and i feel like i'm still very young but i feel like sometimes i feel like i'm 40 or something and i've seen like many different lives you know in a very short period of time and i forget that it's only been like probably like probably like four or five years or something you know and that's why i feel it's almost my obligation to talk about these things because Mm. i know there's a lot of guys out there right now who are not bad guys but Mm. they just end up in the wrong circles and they might do dumb shit you know like a lot of guys i feel like most guys actually like this most guys are not bad guys but they might end up doing bad shit by trying to impress somebody else or being kind of blinded by
0: that thing. You know? I mean, we're quite naive in the sense that, you know, we're still animals. We're like, you talked about nature earlier, right? And, and, and maybe part of our nature is sort of that, like, you know, kind of like that dominate. Let's face it. It is. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And, and, but, but again, like, if we don't get away from our nature, our sort of primitism, if you will, then we are susceptible to these things. And that's why the world, you know, COVID, for example, it almost seems like that was nature's way of saying, like, you need to reset, man. Yeah. You need to really Wake look up. at yourself yeah. and ask yourself what you want to be doing. And I think it woke up
1: a lot of people. Like I think it,
0: I, I think it's woken up. Me as know, well. Almost everybody that I've spoken to on here, it is it has been like... I, either they were waking up before or they suddenly woke up then because yeah. it, there's only so much cheap liquor you can drink inside your home before you're like okay fuck like i should probably try something different you know and then we start doing like today i did an ice bath you know the wim hof ice bath <laughs> ah dude i thought i it, it, my neighbor probably thought i was shot you know because i was like yeah yeah ah, like it was this this raw like da, ah, right and it was yeah. so loud but man, it was healing. And there's something, there's something to be said about the betrayal, the, the lie, the Faustian lie that is comfort. Life isn't supposed to be comfortable. I like agree. with your art, when you were in that, that that state where you were creating, that was uncomfortable. It, but was, it was so un-
1: crushing. It was yeah, so man. crushing. But I'm what you have popular. created,
0: and, and I want to talk about this, dude. The so music that you've created is amazing, man. Thank you. Like like that one album, the the new one, uh, or the the one that was on your link. It was love, it was devo Sorry, songs about it? love and devotion. Songs about love and devotion. And I'm listening okay. to this, and I'm like, holy shit! I am mm-hmm. listening to like some weird crossbreed between Prince, Marvin Gaye, because your singing is very soulful, and like Trent Reznor. Like the way that's that it's amazing.
1: Coming. I love that.
0: Yeah, that dude. So- it was like uh, like sincerely. The fact that I'm talking to you, I'm like, man, this is a, this is a privilege. I hope I don't, That's badass. you know, because, that's because really, that's yeah, man, I'm talking to somebody who, you know, you are creating something that is almost, you know, divinely unique, but that needs Thank to be experienced. And there's I love so that. much of that out there, man. That I
1: love amazing. that. And that's my mission because I want to. For me, this is bigger than music. And that's what really drives me. That's why I work so hard. Because for me, I don't just think of like songs. I think of the impact that my music creates and that my personality, I want my personality in the future to create, which is (sighs) number one. Right. I really want to be part of the solution with the racial healing. Mm. I I really do. This is one of my biggest passions. Like, you know, first of all, I've talked about this before. I'm very influenced by black music. Aren't we all, you know? Uh, Yeah. Uh,
0: Look at Sam Cooke, man.
1: Exactly. But like, but for me, I feel an obligation to be part of the solution. And for me, the solution is one of my big missions is to bring in people from all around the world to my music and I realized early on when I started releasing my stuff, I have to find the perfect fusion of different mm. things so that I can draw people from different crowds. This is right. one of the reasons why I want to, or wanted to release so much music is that I wanted to have rock stuff and I'm gonna release more rock stuff so that I can really like impress rock guys so that the point is Maybe someone who's like, "Ah, oh, this guy is soft. This is not my type of music." You know, they might listen to one album and be like, "I kind of like this." And because they, I create kind of like a soul connection with them. I create like a chain with them, mm. Emot- emotional connection. You kind of want to listen to more. You at least you will consider, and hopefully, oh, eventually, for sure I have. That's I hope so, <laughs> and like <laughs> I hope this happens with more people, mm. and eventually. I hope to do this with very different types of people who then can hopefully meet in the middle more and the things will start kind of, you know, not necessarily fixing itself, but like there will be connections made that will contribute to the healing basically. Because I believe the more us musicians bridge the world, I think the better it's getting. Uh, Because like we don't, this this is one point I want to make. Uh, we see the bad news all the time. Right. We we see George Floyd. We see, we see, you know, the bad news all the time, and that's very apparent. Like I'm, mm. I'm very you see that
0: disparity every, that 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 exactly. sort of every day.
1: Sure. Every single day, I'm reading yeah. about these things. I'm listening to people to the point where I'm like, I... And that's am not
0: I, only in in America. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like we have our we there's indigenous conflicts it's worldwide in, in Canada. Exactly. It's worldwide but my point is
1: my point is every day I'm kind of like almost like torturing myself listening Mm. to people's experiences, Mm. and I'm sometimes I ask myself why do I do this Mm. but then again I realize it's bigger than that for me the more I do it the more I want to be part of the solution it's become like this thing where this whole thing has become a part of me I it's just like It's not superficial. It's it's something like every day when I wake up, I I fucking think about this, yeah. you know. To the point This is where your it's purpose. Like, it really is like I yeah. I go to the shop and I see uh, it's it's to the point where I see every single microaggression, and it, that that is also like it's a gift and a curse yes. because I'm able to talk to different types of people and like make friendships and like genuinely connect as a human being, but most people are not aware, for example, of things like microaggressions, they're only Mm -hmm. now kind of starting to learn like, oh, maybe this word uh, angers this man here. And like, maybe I shouldn't say this to a black person, etc. But like, to me, I've been so involved with this for so long, that when I see these settings, it can be very emotionally exhausting, because you're kind of trying to be like, uh, almost like a mediator between different types of people. And then you see like like, clumsy moments of like, of like chasing, you know, like it, even if it's like good intention, like it, usually it is, usually it's very yeah. good intention. And like, the road to hell is paved in good intention. That's the thing, like, pe- yeah. you know, like there's a lot of people who like, are like, I'm not racist.
0: And I believe yeah. you. I don't even I see you. color. And it's like, well, maybe you probably should, right? Like, well, actually yeah, yeah like yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like, it's like, there's a lot of people who are like, I'm not racist. And I believe you. It's just that these people are not aware, aware of the fact that racism
0: is not like an on-off button. You know, that's the thing. I think, I think going back to what you're saying about, you know, this predatory element of our sort of natural instinctual properties, also bigotry and prejudice is very instinctual, yes. right? It definitely. Is. And, you know, and, 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 and and as you educate yourself, that's how you get away.
1: And and, go yeah. ahead, Tim. And here, I want to separate something. You know, yeah. that there's constantly this... This debate around uh, can white people be racist, uh, etc. You know, like n- number one, let's divide, let's decide: is racism is it systemic? In which case, I don't think white people can be racist right now in the Western world because the the system favors the white man, you know, and it's right, right now it's being ruled by that which people are fighting against. Can people from other parts of the world be bigoted towards, for example, myself for my skin color. Of course, this is human nature. Yes. We, oh, I've seen bigotry between whites. So for example, if you come to the UK, there's racism and let's call it racism. Uh, yeah. It's if, it's social,
0: it's kind of social constructions. Yeah,
1: if we define racism yeah. as bigotry towards someone else based on their appearance, there I've seen racism uh, from the British people towards because I'm I'm a non-Brit, I right. see this I'm see this more I've been lucky to avoid this, but I've seen, for example, a lot of Polish and mm. Eastern European people, they get a lot of shit. And I was thinking about like where does racism slash bigotry really come from? And I was thinking there's like a couple of things that really contribute to it. Obviously, number one, melanin levels, because mm-hmm. they are kind of like the more or less you have melanin, the more you you stick out from the tribe you're in if if we look at it from a very primitive con- construct you know number two language so for example you might ha- have someone from poland if they have a strong accent and it might be the same for fr- someone who's from spain they might have blue eyes but still if they have a strong accent they're the other, you know. Like th- this is the thing. So the other, like these,
0: yeah,
1: th- yeah. There's these different things between us human beings, including melanin levels, including certain features that are like very noticeable, you know. Uh, for example, if we compare white and black, our uh, hair texture, uh, and maybe like the the lip shape or something like right. that might be different overall, you know. Uh, these might contribute, but it's it's something that kind of sticks it makes you stick out of the tribe Mm. that that contributes to this sense of bigotry. So I've seen this everywhere. And this is why, uh, to tie it to my point, is it's become this thing where I've seen both the American racism, I've seen the systems of racism in place, which are very real. And I'm very passionate about this because I really believe I've seen so many for example, I've had a lot of black friends talk about this thing, and they might be, they might be the most intelligent, amazing, loving people. But then, if you took them and put them in the wrong context, they would still be seen as right? right. the other or something lower
0: than that. And that really hurts me when I think yeah. about it. You know. Well, and 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 that's the nature of it. I mean. Uh, that's power. That, that's a politics of power because if you go to India, they have the caste system, yeah. which is really kind of what this is. And there's the yeah, untouchables. That, that has the pale skin thing as well, you know. Yeah, Melody, yeah, yeah. And there's there's the untouchables, and you can't even associate yourself with them. But that's also where we're kind of going. I think you know. Yeah. Look, say
1: Brazil. Like if you look yeah. at Brazil, for example, oh, yeah. there's
0: there's like a lot of the
1: poor community, at least has been, uh, more in the black side of things and the more white Brazilians have been able on average acquire power on what, average.
0: what the thing is is that like we're all humans so even exactly. racism that's that's a misnomer because we're all exactly. actually the same race it's just that's that we we differ across the spectrum exactly. of color and culture right exactly but, but where we're going and it's and you cannot resist it because it's where we're, it's where we are. It's how we even came together. You and I is that we're going to a point where there's, there's going to be a singularity. It's inevitable. I mean, Booker T Washington talked about this 121 years ago. That's that if you're trying to resist the, uh, the the harmonization across the spectrum of color and yeah. uh, culture. It's like laying your body down in front of a yes. bullet train to stop it. Exactly. It's just going to ride right over you. You know what I mean? I was this is inevitable. About, I was thinking about this once again. Yeah. Some people
1: call racism a mental illness. I don't want to call it a mental illness. I don't think it's a mental illness. I it's, think I think it's more like a mental deficiency. So you're not able to evolve with the times. So basically, racism right. is, is, is the human equivalent of you trying to pretend that it's still the, the 50s and you're trying to pretend that
0: electric guitar is still the thing.
1: It's right.
0: not, I'm it's, it it's imbecilic is what it is. It it is. is. I mean, my, my friend Eric Palmer- to evolve, basically. exactly. Eric Palmer, he said it perfectly in an episode I just did on the Red Tails. And he said, you know, like, segregation is imbecilic but yes. and, and and from it you know the 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 there were the red tails that were developed and they were these african-american uh fighter pilots and because they made the demands to become a fighter pilot it was so stringent that who got in there was the best of the best and they kicked ass um but the other thing about music is i mentioned my friend who had just passed away and yeah. that's kind of been really heavy on my heart and i've just been you know music is is culturally universal every culture that i can think of i can't think of one that doesn't have music you exactly. know except for maybe like i don't know some weird quakers or something like that <laughs> and even they probably <laughs> have music right them, they're like yeah exactly right they sing <laughs> hymns in church every yeah. culture has music and uh have you ever seen the movie gladiator
1: very long time ago yeah. dude
0: okay there's a song at the end it's called now we are free and uh, I think it's like Lisa Gerald is the lady who sings it. Mm. And it's not even in a language. She's like singing like a made up language. But, you know, it's just like it hit me on such a, a universally human level. Right. That dude, yeah. I was weeping like a baby. But it was such a it was like a, it, I was experiencing healing. And the world needs more of that. The world needs to heal. I right? we. We cannot think ourselves through
1: this. We carry collective trauma. Yes. Every single one of us. We carry collective trauma. And right now, when you go on Twitter, you Mm. see angry people pit up against each other. This is why I'm not on Twitter. Guess what it is? It's basically collective trauma coming out of everyone and exploding in this fashion. Now, the question is, is it beneficial in the long run? I don't know. Is it gonna be like, I hope that eventually at some point everyone will go like, why am I doing this? Right. Or like, I want to evolve past this and I really hope this happens. So right now, uh, everyone is so angry, especially like let's, say, let's use as an example, uh, you might have a black person who's very angry on Twitter for a good reason, for a good goddamn reason. Mm-hmm. I support your anger. I am very angry as well. Mm. So I get that. But like, eventually, I recommend people who are angry to be like, like, step back a bit and understand I have the right to be angry. The world is a fucking sick place. (laughs) But I need to I need to guard myself. Yeah, you need to like really guard your energy, step back stay away from social media where everyone right now is lashing out against each other, everyone across the cultures, across the viewpoints about everything, uh, and, and take the time to really protect yourself and surround yourself with great people. Because I believe, I hope this will change. I really hope that this Twitter era of like everyone being angry at each other, I understand it it's collective trauma everyone is exper- experiencing and letting it out but i really hope that people at some point will go like how can we like we've expressed yes. how we feel now how can we now start healing this planet and fixing things and don't i want to be a part of this
0: don't you think that that's kind of what you and i are doing right now by having yes. this conversation yes. you know? cuz if you look at instagram i mean this is not easy to talk about like no, i'm saying no it, it, well, you know why? it's because we're so afraid it, of getting actually, it wrong. We're so afraid of getting it wrong. I mean, that's honestly, part of. Go ahead. Honestly, yeah. and I wanted to, I
1: wanted to go to this point earlier. Yeah, I want to say fuck cancel culture now. Accountability, yes. yeah, yeah, Accountability <laughs> culture is great. Absolutely. I want I want to hold people accountable. So, for Absolutely. example, when when R. Kelly got canceled, and I love R. Kelly's music, but he was held accountable for a good mm. reason. Now, but now to add to this point cancel culture doesn't help anyone because you're basically you're taking dirt and just you're putting it under the carpet. It's still under the carpet. It's just going to start smelling and eventually you need to once again, take the carpet off and it's smelling more than ever before. You're pushing these people to the marginals. They're becoming almost like alliances with each other and you, you are not helping them learn or realize things look at Louis CK is a great example. Like he got canceled or like he got held accountable for, for a good reason, but there was no, there was no accountability on his end. He could have saved himself, but he didn't choose to do that. But also I think someone else, if someone had a genius idea, they could have, I'm not saying it's their job. I'm simply saying, if things had gone right, we could have learned more from the Louis C.K. case and the world would would have been better from it. Uh, But, like, I'm talking more in terms of when I talk about cancel culture, I talk more in terms of, like, you said the wrong thing 10 years ago. Guess what? Everyone said the wrong thing 10 years ago. Everyone. Yes. Most white people you meet have said the N-word. The difference is who still says it? who still
0: says it when the cameras are off? A very good friend of mine, he talks about this. He talks about, we don't give out retroactive speeding tickets. So if you're driving 80 on a road and suddenly they change it to 50 and you Mm -hmm. see that, you know what I mean? And you're like, okay, I drive 50. Well, you're not gonna get a speeding ticket because you were driving 80 before right? Exactly. The, the, the rules changed. You adapted to the rules. They're not giving you a speeding ticket. Now, if you're a pre- going back to what you said, a predator, right, yeah. and you've harmed people with your actions, exactly. like, you know, I... Because it's
1: irreparable.
0: Exactly. What you did was morally wrong, and people are coming to the forefront with it. You know, then yeah. you should you be punished. broke something. You broke a person. So that's yes. kind of the line, you know? Yeah. and, and but, but now, there's also, like, for example, you know, uh uh, uh, how you talk to someone of the opposite gender right or 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 things like you know uh people who are transgender or whatever and if say you get it wrong you you give them the wrong pronoun you say the wrong pronoun and they say well actually it's this okay let me let me uh accommodate that right you shouldn't be punished because you got it wrong yeah if you if you show a willingness to adapt in a rational respectful in a rational world
1: where we all of us didn't have trauma and hatred mm. towards each other and anger, etc., we could just be like, uh, "He's a great person." Someone yes. tells, measure people on their their character. Like, uh, as an example, like I could go, "Like he's a great person." No, it's actually a she. Okay, sorry, she. Yeah, you know, but that doesn't that, change. That's the situation yeah. fixed. Again, I understand the anger, but I'm saying, I'm saying, if you actually want to fix things you have to think more like a chess player because right now your motherfuckers aren't even playing checkers. <laughs> and this is this applies to most of the world right now. Right. Like, you know, like, this is why I don't like cancel culture because you're only pushing things to the side. They're gaining power and coming back and they're only going to dethrone you eventually. Whereas if we started coming up with, you know, if we started accepting that retribution is the mm. way forward and we taught people a lesson so that they can do better next time. We would potentially gain a lot of allies in the future. And I want to tie this to prisons. I watched a very, very great documentary that mm-hmm. I want people to watch called uh, "What Is it Called Inside the World's Most Dangerous Prisons." Okay. Uh, it's got this British. I'm actually going to Google it right now. It's a very good documentary. Wait, inside. Yeah, Inside the World's Toughest Prisons. That's on Netflix, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, amazing London-based or like UK documentary. Uh, It's got this journalist called Raffle Rowe. Uh, He was convicted falsely of a murder for 10 years uh, that he didn't actually do. And now he's visiting all types of prisons around the world. And to me, it's crazy. The difference between... Prisons, for example, in South America, where the punishment uh, is very severe and the people are treated like animals, right? Versus the prison in they had uh, the Norwegian prison, right? I think. Yeah, the difference between those two in terms of reoffending rates is scary. It's scary, like yeah. the, re-offen- the, the reoffending rates in Norway, in a, in a prison that's almost like a hotel the people reoffend way less because they're treated right from the start right. as it's humans like as human beings whereas when you're thrown into this cell and treated like an animal and prodded with a stick and you're like you know like survive you're going to adapt to that environment you're going to turn into an animal if you yes. get tr- if, if, if you treat someone like an animal don't be surprised that they act like an animal that's the thing and and the same thing is with you know, uh, I had a very good example of it. So with the Costa Rica prison system, uh, I forgot my point, I'll get to it later. But it was basically about that animal thing. So if you treat people like an animal, they will turn into an animal. Now I remember my point. So my point was, if you, if you take someone who's a very petty criminal, only one offense, and you throw them in... The jail, with these very hardened. He becomes,
0: world. yes, he, exactly. Contagion you know, effect.
1: That he becomes a hardened criminal. He's infected. Time. Yeah. That's the thing. So this is why I think all of this—the prison systems, the way we look at race, everything—it all ties together. And we need to learn, as human beings, to look into a new way of dealing with people, understanding everyone is a human. Everyone is a creation of their own environment, their own surroundings, how they're being raised, what they see, what they hear, you know? Uh, And also their very unique predicaments and things like that, you know? So for example, a bald man is gonna look at this world differently from an overweight man, as an example. You know, everyone has their own problems. Right, right, right. We need to get rid of this, we need to get rid of this culture of extreme punishment for nothing and hurting people for the sake of it but i'm not saying be naive you know because some people are then like people are like very like it's like people will take advantage yeah yeah like it's like you know either let everyone run free in this very weird weird world no i'm not saying that i'm still like you know but i'm saying like let's be more rational like
0: you know like let's stop for a second and think what actually works, you know? And I think too, is to sort of turn it inward. Like, for example, what we despise most in another person is often just a mirror's reflection of ourselves. And I mean, you you hear sociopaths or or whatever it's, I I always think about why, you know, like why does this person hurt that person? You know, why does this person sexually assault somebody? Like what is going on there that they're abusers? Usually it's because they have been abused. Very often, and, yeah. and and then you think about things like the war on drugs and how that's been a complete and utter failure. Absolute because, fucking because, failure. Because U- U- again, U.S. government, U.S. government, if you're listening to this, how <laughs> much longer until
1: yeah. you wake the fuck up and see this shit is not working?
0: But that's that's someone that's, that's someone another consequence money. of pride. That's another consequence of the ego is they can't give this ego war plus
1: money. Someone's making Yes,
0: money. yes, brother, yeah. But think about it. If you if you legalize drugs and created like Gabor Mate, have you heard of him? Which one? Gabor Mate. He's this. Uh, he's a neuroscientist that talks about the, the yeah the, the nature of addiction. And Nancy yeah. Reagan totally fucked up when she said "just say no" because that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, uh Talib koeli sings a song just to get by. Have you ever heard that song? Yeah. And it's about this is yeah, why yeah. I do drugs. Leave, just, yeah, man. The, the guy follows me on Instagram. Like, fuck, what a yeah. blessing. Uh, Great. Yeah, but but anyways the song just I, got, to get- I got
1: love for him i once had i once had a comment argument with him but that's
0: fine I still love you tully that's okay love well, he's a smart man you know for smart. me when he speaks i listen uh but but again the, the song was just about like why people do drugs but th- we're that's not part of the war on drugs the war on drugs is stopping the distribution the of of drugs but if you turn it into the war or excuse me, excuse me, not the war, the why on drugs. Why are people doing drugs? Let's treat people with addiction as humans. Then, yeah. like Bob Marley said, you you win the race the day you stop running or something, words to that effect. And that's it, man. This war that we're doing, it's fucking garbage, man. Garbage. If we stop, and I think Denmark's done it or Switzerland's done it, that they create you know these safe injection sites and they've done it in Vancouver, they can actually start to treat people with addictions because nine times out of 10, I don't know what the actual stat is. It's called adverse childhood experiences. So yeah. they experienced trauma as a child and now they're using drugs just to get by. Yeah. Just to get by. I did the same, exactly. shit, with, I did is, the same shit with alcohol, right? So I, yeah. It's like, I agree with you, with yeah.
1: everything you said. And also, I think the addiction goes beyond just alcohol and drugs. So for example, yes, I used to be the worst video game addict. And mm. I now when I look back on it, I think... That was very based on trauma and escapism. So I would play like eight to twelve hours a day. Right. I'm like, that's very unhealthy, you know. Like, <laughs> that, that was everything I did. I just played World of Warcraft every day for like eight hours. It was very unhealthy. Were you
0: Were you uh, Were you human or were you
1: orc? Uh, I was a, I was torn. <laughs>
0: those are the those are like the the the, the horse whole guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah nice.
1: Yeah, yeah. But you're right. I yeah. Just, I chose it randomly and I was like, why did I choose this? But then again, then it became me, you know. I still remember my name. I was called Lick. And,
0: and and I, and I think that, that this is where we're going is so much of our lives, you know, and we live our lives in hindsight. And it's part of our nature to take things for granted. Yeah. But there's distraction and there's purpose, you know. And, and again, you can get addicted to your purpose, too, because I'm but doing this. I was
1: just about to say this. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know how I did it. But I was able to take my video game addiction. First, I was able to redirect it to singing. So I used to make vocal videos for a very long time on YouTube analyzing singers. So I would make like vocal range videos. Right. And I made like hundreds. I I still got them saved. Like uh, I got a lot of views. Like my Freddie Mercury video got like a million views. And I didn't tell tell anyone. I was just like secretly doing it because I was obsessed with singers' voices. Uh, And I became a part of the community called the range place uh, where we just talked about, you know, singers all night long, all night long. We were very obsessed and I'm still friends with some of those guys or like talk to them occasionally, but then somehow I was able to take that obsession
0: Mm.
1: that went into the singing and all of a sudden it went into self-improvement. Yes. Now I was very lucky with that, but also, because of my personality, because I'm kind of OCD-ish, that went too far. So I became so obsessed about it that eventually that was everything. Like everything I would do, my whole life was based around like, it's kind of like, it's hard hard to even like explain it, but it was like at one point, maybe for a year, I was having a hard time even like meeting people Mm. because I was like, I need to be perfect
0: now i right. need to be perfect well I you could get is it isn't it strangely ironic how you can get addicted to self-improvement it's, but miss out on enjoyment right like exactly. i just gotta
1: read books i gotta you know like and, and this is how the gurus also they keep selling because the people kind of mm. you know like uh, you know like you buy a book and you're like why am i not improving well here's my newest book right uh, like really the problem is deep in yourself and the fact that you might have some very unresolved troubles you're kind of like almost like running away from yourself it, it's almost like it's almost like once again i'll use the trash the trash analogy but like you have a house and it can be the ugliest freaking house on the inside you can paint the walls on the outside you can make it look amazing but if you step on the inside, it's still going to be an ugly house. Right. You know, like you, you need to clean it from the inside as well, or you, it's not nice to live in it. You
0: know? Yeah, the yard's uh, nice, but the bones are are, are fucked, right? You yeah. Know, like, when you go inside. There's
1: a, a there's still the dead dog in there. Like.
0: <laughs> and that's I think, man. Like I think that's the, the the sort of the cure is you know we can be critical all we want till the cows come home, but there is a point where we have to turn. You know, uh, what is it? flexion before extension, you know, you have to turn inwards and look at yourself. And once you clean your house, then you can make a difference in the world. Now I am just looking at the time, time flies, uh, man, I I have to say your vocal range talking about you again in your, in your skill, hearing you is like, Holy shit, man. I'm hearing like, I'm hearing, I feel like I'm hearing the next big thing. So I, I will. I will. I love it. You're, you're manifesting that out, man. You're manifesting that up. out. I'm already – I got two albums on the way. <laughs> Dude, yeah, well, you're you're unstoppable, man. You are indomitable. So – Sorry, problem, go ahead. The problem is now I just need
1: to find out a way of marketing well, you know, yes, because right now – we all do. Yeah, exactly. So right now, you can have the biggest masterpiece in your hands, but, like, people have such short attention spans yes. that you have to, like – it's more about it's more than the masterpiece. You really have to figure out a way of marketing, and now like that's my next mission of like tapping into something that really launches me because then I know once once it
0: happens once I know I'll be able to kind of things will sail nice. You know, it's it's like anything in life. If you can do it once, you can do it again. You can do it twice. It's hard, it's hard. So th- amen, Timmy. Thank you so <laughs> much for your time. Um, I ha- I got to have you on again, and I'm I'm glad yeah, to have I you love as a new it. friend.
1: I love this discussion. I could have gone on, gone on with you for like two more hours. Me this too. And then and then my wife called me and I was like, oh shit, I got to go. <laughs> I, I want to say one more thing, which yes. is, if you're listening to this right now, I want all of us to really deeply think about this thing. Please listen to the people around you. Start mm. talking to people different from you. We want to beat this fucking bullshit ass system that promotes abusers. Racists and everything else. And I think we are on the right path. I really hope so. Like, seriously. I think this year I'm starting to see a lot of hope. Again, I want to say the fact that we see the bad news. Yes, but We don't really actually realize how much has, has changed in just a couple of years. And I'm really hopeful that this generation and the next generation can change things up. I want to be part of the solution. I know you will be part of the solution. And Everybody, let's lift up more people who've never had a voice before. And I really mean that. And give credit where credit's due. I wanna give credit, for example, to my musical idols, including the amazing Black musicians, artists, icons, uh, even outside of music, just speakers, just personalities, just people. I love you guys, women, men, everyone. And I wanna give, I really wanna pay my respect by. Sharing the message, putting it in my music, in my work, and hopefully we can make a change together and heal this freaking sick world. Seriously,
0: always cite your sources. I used to be like, as a historian in my undergrad, I was like, "Fuck, I just want to drink beer. I don't want to cite my sources." But now I understand the grave importance that that is. So, is. Timmy, man, thank you so much. We, I, we will speak again, and yeah. uh, uh, you know, thank you so much for your time. And and being open, you know, that's the change the world needs. Thank you. I agree, I agree. And one more thing before I yes. leave.
1: in the future, I want to hold a cancel bingo. So if if I get canceled nine times, I'm gonna I'm gonna host a big party and release an album. Thanks everybody for watching. But I'll my, be there. I don't want to be canceled for the wrong reasons. No, because I want to stand up for my friends, fellow human beings. But maybe I'll be canceled by the you know like the the far right, and I I would yeah. love that.
0: Don't be on the left, don't be on the right, be up, you know? Just be a good person, you know? Fuck yeah. There you go. All right, man. Thank you very much. Thank you to you. Once again, that was my friend, Timmy Tamian, the music artist, producer, visionary a man of many talents and you got to check his stuff out on YouTube. Our conversation was enriching. It made me think about how imbecilic prejudice is, you know, how, how stupid this is and how really it just keeps us from becoming better versions of ourselves. If we're going to hoard power, eventually we're going to become obsolete and irrelevant. Uh, either as individuals or as a society so we must share we must include we must incorporate and most importantly we must listen listen to others and lastly we need to cite people you know these things that 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 make us who we are we need to give thanks to them practice gratitude and appreciation and say, hey, if you like what I'm doing, make sure you check out this person. Right now, I'm reading a book, uh, The Autobiography of Dick Gregory, and that book is just filled with nothing but gems. So what you read, it's, it's the food for your mind. I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you're doing well. Take care, and we will see you again. Bye now. Thank you again for listening. I'm Robert Grant, and I'm probably wrong about everything.